0: Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week.
2: So, the Wild West? Yeah.
0: So, are you doing the pour also? I only have so many hands. Here. Okay, <laughs> well, you can turn that off, and you'll give us a pour then, Sam. Okay, That's okay perfect.
2: Okay. Pour, we're pouring wine, pouring wine. There you go. <laughs>
0: Ah, now there's exactly now we can the now we can we, talk. Is that yeah? Is now that we can little, talk. Now we got the oh, pour out of the way. That's Thank the sound you know. I always like to hear.
3: It, that was quite an introduction.
0: Hell of an <clears> introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, everything's going on. Hey, everybody, welcome to the well, wild. I hope makers. you two know each other. I'm John. Like, just, yeah. uh,
2: never seen it before okay. in my life.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: along with friend Sam Katuri, Brian. Casey, Bart Hanson, and the podfather himself, Ed Silla, here today hey in Napa. Guys. And we are house. at Mark Pope's home in Napa, California. Spectacular place. Kathy's running around serving up. Let me see. This is breakfast cheesecake. Brunch. Brunch, brunch. cheesecake. <laughs> with brunch Montrachet. With, with Montrachet. <laughs> Grand Cru 2014. Beautiful. Brian, you should be a happy man today.
4: Uh, What better way to start a show? Cheesecake and Mondra There is I mean, no
0: better way to start a show. No way at, at all. So and getting Mark Pope to sit down here is so what a nice drive. All our papers were in order at the border.
1: So. Welcome to the People's Republic of Napa Valley. And get right into <laughs> that microphone. Sometimes <laughs> they don't place. let us in. It is. Right. So mm-hmm.
0: our papers were in order and everything. We didn't get stopped at the border. So it's all Sam cool. and I came in the back road. Yeah.
2: Good when case. are they going to build that wall? <laughs> I don't think there's going to be. I don't think we need wow. one here, do we? Honestly. Between Napa and Sonoma? No. No, we, we have a mountain range. Around. Fall on the wrong side of the mountain range, and your prices drop by thirty <laughs> percent. But you can
1: get all auto parts here, I'm told.
2: Yes.
0: Sonoma has great wines. Napa does have auto parts, but on the other hand, Mark, thanks for letting us into your house and inviting us. Cheers, my man, all and so pleasure. good to see you,
1: Nice meeting you all. Nice to meet you. Glad you're here.
0: I've been a big fan of yours for a long, long time, and I didn't you even sweet know you. Talker. Yeah, well, you know that's what gets you everywhere. <laughs> and I remember the Bounty Hunter catalog coming to our place. I mean, once a month, we got that, and it was a toy catalog for me. I looked through it, and I went. God damn, don't I want all these wines?
1: Huh? It was uh, a, a Toys for Adults. That's absolutely not to be confused with some other Toys for Adults. No, they, start, they just say adults. Which leads to other yeah. Toys for Adults, right. apparently.
0: But Toys for Adults are really good. In this particular case, they were fabulous wines and provisions.
1: Well, we've suffered for your benefit. We have for 25 years now. <laughs> Hey Mark so so what year was that first catalog uh 1994
2: 1994
1: I, uh, yeah. okay I, I fled the uh, pharmaceutical business in 1994 so I I often muse that I went from drugs to alcohol
2: and um, doesn't it usually go the other way yeah <laughs> I know but uh gateway
1: mildly dyslexic what can I say I I did I did realize though in my corporate pharmaceutical days that I would you know I had two two appointments per day had one lunch appointment one dinner appointment I would hand a me uh, wine list to my prospective client and he would say, Oh, I'm not a wine connoisseur and I'm going, but you make a <laughs> lot of money and you're really smart and I'm thinking, hmm, <laughs> note to self well this <laughs> happened over the ensuing years and I thought, well how come there's no fun irreverent entertaining voice in wine why does it have to be stuffy why can't it be fun, why can't it be time-honored tradition meets you know, rugged individualistic uh, let's just roll our sleeves up tell the truth, so needed to create a, a shtick so it became the Bounty Hunter Rare Wine Company. And uh, it Had was... Had a lot of
0: the Wild West in it, didn't
1: it? It did. That was at uh, my, my days in uh, New Mexico as a uh, would-be cowboy, uh, preceding urban cowboy, actually did have the bull riding machine. And uh, so Wait, I, like I fell in, your, in love with the Old your, West.
2: In your Manhattan apartment, you had a, the bull riding machine? No, okay. that was
1: just a little place about, I think the, the kitchen was about the size of my trunk in that Porsche out in the garage. <laughs> the P.J. Manhattan? Oh, yeah, pretty much. But it was fun. It was uh, it, The concept was, uh, the storyline really went that. The, the bounty hunter traveled the valley in his green 1954 Chevy pickup truck named Merle, after Merle Haggard, of course with Most his three-legged weeks. Jack Russell Terrier named Tripod, so named for his run-in with a wine train. So it was all shtick, but... You, you didn't have the truck? I didn't have the truck, or and the I pump. didn't have the dog. <laughs> but, <laughs> but within two years, I had the truck and the dog. And the
2: dog. I did, but do, yeah. But it was a four-legged dog, It right? was. Yeah. It was well, you know, <laughs> artistic
1: license, you have to sort of do that. <laughs> of course, you know? of course. Seemed only appropriate at the time. But uh, it, it was kind of a takeoff on Jay Peterman meets Hunter Thompson, Tom Bodette. Was really the idea. We'll keep I'd the like cork every one out. of those
0: guys keep the <laughs> lights on, and uh, hey, yep,
1: yep. keep the corkscrew out. Perfect. So now it was uh, it was fun. Of course, what I didn't know about the mail order business or consumer direct. Of course, there was no consumer direct business. Some argue that I invented the consumer direct business. So I always, make, I always say that you make me look better than I am, but thank you for that. But the concept it's, it's was the, that's the goal. Get it in the mail, get it in your house, and get it in your mouth. So uh, and the doing it's mean, a r- rap song like that. Rinse and repeat.
0: Yeah, do it again.
2: What what did shipping wine around the country look like in 1994 compared to the crap that we go through now to ship wine? Is it the same crap, more crap, less crap? I bet
1: it was the Wild West. (laughs) Certainly one way to put it. Um, I would say this, that first it started off with Emory Air Freight, and life was good when I first got in. And then all of a sudden, Emory went out. And then it became UPS, FedEx, and other. Other. (laughs) <laughs> we did a lot of other. Probably seventy percent of our business was other. Hopefully, that
0: wasn't DHL.
1: Um, there was a little bit of that, and uh, no, but we start throwing
2: out Alphabet GSO.
1: Yeah, yeah, you name it. There's an Alphabet soup out there, but we quickly realized that you know part of the eh, let's face it, you know it's a distribution. They don't want competition. They don't want wineries selling direct, and they certainly don't want retailers selling direct. So they they have a um, they have a big wallet and they have a big way of helping to shut this down, change laws, and so on and so forth. Well, it was pretty clear to me that the retailers would never have a voice; that the wineries would band together, create a voice, and uh, one day retailers would find it a hell of a lot harder to ship wine than would be for um, wineries. Which is where we are now. Exactly, right. and of course, you know when I started Bounty Hunter in 1994, as I said, and I. I had sold it in uh, 2014, so I had pretty good run with it. But I realized at some point that black swan is going to rear its ugly head is is uh, potentially shipping. And uh, it's become a more onerous day-by-day. Day. Different states, you can't ship them to. Texas is hard. Utah has always been difficult, uh, and obviously Illinois. So, uh, But, you know, it's adventurous.
2: Um, I just want to say it. I'd never had Montrachet and cheesecake before. <laughs> <laughs> and That's fucking delicious. It's <laughs> unbelievable
3: There's, cheesecake.
1: There is zero sense in suffering, boys.
3: There, I mean, it I, is unbelievable
0: pairing. It really yes. is. Like, I like it. Yeah. Brian, you're the food guy. What do
4: you think?
2: There's, well, yeah. uh, his was the first
0: empty plate on the <laughs> I, table.
2: Well, yeah. And, and oh, the first empty glass at the Ed table. Also. <laughs> so. Brian's staring at my plate. And you're Montrachet. So.
0: I can I can sell you the rest of mine if you want. If <laughs> <laughs> we'll you got any up. more of that
1: wine. It has to be an, authorize one. It's <laughs> an authorized <laughs> buyback. Yeah. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Well, mm.
0: you know, you, you've you sold a lot of bottles of wine through Bounty Hunter and, and around Napa. You you made a lot of people very happy here for a long, long time, Mark. You've got a great,
1: great reputation. Nice of you to say. We worked hard at it. I I've always believed in a time-honored tradition of, it's real simple, just tell the truth. And uh, so we believed in integrity, trust, and teamwork from the get-go. And I always looked at the most important thing for me was to make sure that I was a good, reliable partner for my wineries and then make sure my employees were, were squared away and everybody rode for the brand, you know, and that was a really important thing. This was a culture-driven company. And you know, customer is king. But if you don't have employees and you don't have product, you don't have a business. So uh, they were all um, the three legs of that three-legged stool. And uh, so it was really critical to us.
0: And the fourth leg was hustle.
1: Right? You got to hustle. You you know you, you know. <laughs> the uh, of course I had a, a background in in sales for many years and as a buyer in the pharmaceutical business as well. And I always realized and I would terrorize my wine scouts with this, but. I would walk in the room and I would go, "Who are the meat eaters in this room?" Of course, these are my wine scouts on the phone, and I would say, "Do you think anybody wakes up thinking about you?" <laughs> and so it's just true, though. Uh, people love to talk about wine; they don't always like to type about it. Of course, I'm a, you know, a senior citizen on a fixed income. I always muse. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I noticed that when I started right <laughs> <laughs> when I started the company, there was no internet. And so, you know, I, I would have been writing with a quill pen by comparison these days. But uh, a and good that, run.
0: that, kids, is an amazing fact. You started, there was no internet. No, that's, that's scary. And you brought out the very first Bounty Hunter catalog for us to go through. It's fascinating.
3: And so, Mark, you. Uh, you know, again, there was no internet. How, how do you start a catalog company in 1994? Where did your mailing list come from?
1: Well, my, my my first job as a pharmaceutical uh, sales individual back in uh, Michigan, outside of Detroit, uh, was a, was a guy carrying a, a briefcase in a bag, and it was, was a small catalog company. And I had some familiarity with catalog business, and then became their top sales guy. And then became a buyer because I wanted to learn that side of the business, and then I became a pharmaceutical executive, and all that, so I understood business, and. You know, I just knew that the mail-order business worked, but what I knew about mail-order business, didn't know about mail-order business, would actually fill volumes. So uh, it was it was interesting, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, first you buy the wealthy Republican uh, donor list, and that's, whoops, okay, that's the wrong list. And then... and then <laughs> you made that mistake, then, huh? Then the, <laughs> the other list didn't work that well either, but... It was kind of funny. We were damn near out of business before we were in business because my licensing professional uh, didn't publish my license correctly. So <laughs> I had 60,000 copies sitting on pallets go out first-class mail, and she says, I'm sorry, but your license hasn't filed.
2: What? Wine, your wine license? Yeah,
1: my wine license. And so I said, I'm waiting two days, and if this isn't squared out by then, fire away. I'm not going to get out of business before I'm in business. Right. So we did that. Ask and for forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it worked. It worked out fine. We got it, got her done. And But then I realized at that point, uh, again, what I didn't know, filled volumes. And I figured, well, okay, so I'm going to wait. This was a fall catalog went out. first one out uh, December 10th. And then that was nice. The phone rang. So that was great. Then I thought, well, there's some there, there. And I thought, I'm not brave enough to do another one next spring. I'm going to wait till next fall. So did some more pharmaceutical consulting and then went back to work in the wine biz and then published another fall catalog. And so then we w- would go from 60,000 copies to, you know, 120,000 to, you know, 240 and so on. And then we got up to millions of catalogs. And, uh, but it was what all was your organic. What was run? Well, the largest run was about 2 million copies good lord yeah but trying to find the right people to get it to and so that was really the most Mm -hmm. difficult part and as you just mentioned a moment ago brian it's i mean how do you do that with no internet um the internet was just starting to happen in about 2000 of any consequence in the wine business there was a little company called wine.com and another outfit that was funded i think with 220 million and called WineChopper.com and they're no longer around, are they? Well, funny you shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was summoned <laughs> by them to their big boardroom years ago. This is, I think, maybe just around 2000 or something, something like that. And uh, uh, so I, I go in the boardroom, and I'm sitting around the boardroom with all these guys, and they go, well, you, we're going to do our large, our California initiative, and we thought perhaps you might like to go ahead and sell us all your, uh, your production and all your wines at retail, And uh, because, you know, once we get going, you won't probably have a business. (laughs) So, so I looked around the room a little bit and it wasn't my first time in a boardroom. And I said, so what you girls are telling me is you're nervous. Well, you might say I insulted them. So I got up and I said, I'll give you about two years before you burn through your cash. You'll love this. So about 22 months later, in my little house up on the hill, the woman who was the spokesman person for this particular outfit winechopper.com lived next door to me while they were having their swan song party at her house and I'm on the back <laughs> deck drinking burgundy and cooking salmon. So the CEO steps out and I go Peter, cheers! <laughs> what an asshole I am. So, <laughs> But anyway, it was John
2: fun. keeps saying you have this good reputation. Right? <laughs> he does. Nobody but, says he's
0: not who's, who's
2: on house, the edge. We're, Honest we're, if nothing else. <laughs>
1: No, it was – so anyway, you know, back to your original uh, question. Um, you know, it was, you know, ha- hand to mouth, and, and and it just took a while to get it rolling. This company grew organically. And and then once the Internet started to roll, I thought, well, I'm not going to be the – you know, the first guy in that in that door with that loaded gun is the first guy to get shot. So I said, I'm not that guy. And they would go, well, we're going for eyeballs. And i go, why don't you guys go ahead and do that? I'll go for profitability, old school. So um, – that's what we did. And then about, we held back about three, four years, five years. And then I said, okay, so now it's time for the website. And so we did the website. And, but we were always had a high bias for service. So if you became a bounty hunter client, if you didn't like it, I want it back. I want to know what you like. It doesn't matter what I like. What matters what you like. I mean, nobody tells you how you like your bacon and eggs or how you like your steak cooked. And it should be a similar thing with wine. You know, and I think many of us has abdicated our own personal uh, palate to someone else to tell us what we're supposed to like. And I'm thinking, this doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, but we ended up tasting at Bound Hunter 5,000 wines a year. And we rejected roughly 95%. So high bias for quality.
0: I guess. I I guess you'd have to call it that. I mean, rejecting... I mean, virtually everything.
1: By, work, 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 work.
2: By yeah, no chance. By <laughs> the time I poured wine for somebody at the bounty hunter, um, it was Severson Cab, which you wanted. Oh yeah, m- I wanted. Bring you wanted to bring, today. Yeah. Um, and whoever tasted it liked it, and they're like, "All right, how much do you have of it?" Seventy cases, and they went, "Oh, yeah, that's not that's gonna, not, not going to cut not, it. That's <laughs> not going to work for us." I was like, oh.
1: "There was All a right. time we would beg for five cases."
2: Right, and, and then by that time, it was pallets.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. And, in, and so in those early days, um, you would, because it wasn't a full-time job, you would, throughout your catalog, you would already have purchased wine from the wineries?
1: I negotiated an allocation. Okay. And, and the way I, you know, I, I wasn't really that smart. I said to a friend of mine, Jeffrey Caldway, who is uh, one of the leading graphic arts designers in the business, he has a book coming out called uh, Icon 2. The icon one you may have seen, but it's mm-hmm. a legendary book with all the beautiful labels for the wine business. Well I said, Jeffrey, explain the wine business for me. And he goes, Why would you do this? You're in a pharmaceutical <laughs> business where you can make money. <laughs> so I said, Well, explain it to me anyway. He says, Well, you know, if you're a retailer, you know, you buy it wholesale and if you're a distributor, you you buy it FOB and I said, Who the hell wants to be a retailer? <laughs> so I said, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna create this company that is a a marketing company and is a brand builder. And then we will um, buy it, you know, at, at, a, at a more appropriate rate because, let's face it, business has a cycle, always has a cycle, and things are going to get tough, things are going to get soft, and if you're going to afford to do it right, you know, it's expensive, and so we needed margin, and so I swear to my wineries, I would deliver value to you, and we would get to sale a third of the time, it would help build your brand. And the smart ones understood it, you know, the Jason Paul Myers of the world understood That's, it, Rick Foreman understood it. Yeah, um, I noticed Hansel. Paul Myers
0: in that first catalog. $30 you know? Thirty
1: dollars a bottle. Yeah. You
0: know, I mean, you, <laughs> you had a lot of things that worked. Yeah.
1: What didn't work? What, what didn't really work? caught your eye on that? You know, we, we, we chased food a little bit. Uh, we did Bounty Hunter beef jerky, which was awesome. Um, but shipping the beef jerky, finding the right USDA outfit was more difficult. Um, I said the olive oil business when, you know, I could pick that up in a grocery store. It just didn't make good sense. So so the food items, (laughs) not so much, you know, people would definitely pay to ship wines that they can't get and didn't know about. I mean, the way that we looked at the business was, you know, stalwart brands, discovery brands, our brands. And, and it was about maybe... Correct me if, you know, weirrell me in if I jump around a bit much for you, but we uh, decided. Not possible. <laughs> we, we decided him that. him
0: in or him bouncing around a lot? Oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> Reeling. Hey, honey, could you go in the top um, drawer of the wine cabinet and pull out that bottle of Justice that's open? These gentlemen are beginning to look dry. Thank you, darling. So, I didn't
0: know I was beginning to look dry, but yeah, this, <laughs> this, this <laughs> said is, nobody about John. Ever. <laughs> the cheesecake is
1: awesome; just
0: unbelievably
1: good. So, Discovery Brands, our brands, and Stalwart Brands, and uh, so I realized that we needed to first become a negociant and blend wines, and that worked out great uh, because we had access <laughs> to all these wonderful barrel rooms in the valley and a lot of friends, and we, and I had a penchant for creating. Uh, creating brands and, and names, and we had uh, 1.16 wine brands that uh, had created, and uh, and then we decided that we needed to produce wine, and so I contacted um, you know Lee Hudson, Andy Beckstoffer, and some of the certainly the growing luminaries of the wine business, and and um, said, hey, wanna, I want to I want to do business with you, and uh, we want to we want to make some wine, so we started uh, down that road, and that really was. A blast, you know that is really gratifying. So, um, well, yeah. how much input did you
4: have with those first wines? Were you actually doing tastings with
1: these guys? And, oh yeah, was, yeah. I was. I bought it all. It, you know, I was the guy that negotiated deals, wrote the copy. I was on the phone. I remember one Thanksgiving, uh, I I went in to get a, a bottle of wine uh, at the warehouse down on the river, down on the river where my van was, and. Uh, <laughs> John Candy was not there. Or was that Chris Farley? Um, Chris think Farley. it was Chris Farley. Yeah. Well, anyway, the phone rings, and I thought, well, you know, I'm still working for a living, so I pick up the phone on Thanksgiving, and it's Emilio Estevez. He wants me to ship some Diamond Creek to his girlfriend in North Carolina. So, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. That was fun. So we did. And, uh, but, yeah, fun business. But no, I, I did it all soup to nuts, you know, all of it. And I didn't sleep a lot. I mean, look at me. I'm 27 years old. I mean, you know. Damn good for
3: 27. <laughs> Thank Seriously. You. What, I, what I love here is under, in the first catalog, under Foreman Vineyard, um, item number 334 is the Foreman 1991 Cabernet Sauvignon. Sorry, it's sold out. The 92 will be released in the spring. So he was pre-advertising. Sold out wine. Sold out wine, right. yeah. knowing that in catalog. the spring, people <laughs> yeah. were going
2: to go, oh, look, he's got the Foreman. And then he's going to put out a fall catalog because <laughs> he skipped the spring catalog and it was sold out by <laughs>
1: <into the> fall. <laughs> Isn't it true that everybody wants what they can't have? I mean, what's a dirty the dirty little secret little... of the wine business, right? Right. You you know, know, talk, we're on allocation.
2: Talk about, yeah. you know, you have Foreman in there and Paul Meyer and and Diamond Creek. 1994 um, were those names as important then as they are now? Uh, I mean, you know, and obviously I looking at those you, you laugh at those prices, $30 for a bottle hmm. of of Paul Meyer Bordeaux blend.
0: How much was it? Sam? $30.
2: $30 bucks for wow. yeah. unreal uh, uh, made you know, by Randy Dunn. Uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, and obviously you would you had the best prices, you had negotiated, you had the the bounty hunter packages and the deals, but we, we, was s- it, was it, we were also like, was $30 for a bottle of Palmire in 1994 a big number?
1: We, you know, we actually sold the wine at retail prices at the prices that the winery would sell it at. Uh-huh. We, we didn't want to be their competitor. We wanted to be their marketing partner. So that's the way that we did it. Um, but, you know, for example, Diamond Creek at that point, 1994, was the high watermark for California Cabernet. Uh, it was the most was. expensive wine. It was 50 bucks a bottle. And I'll, I'll never, did you ever meet Al Bronstein? Do you ever know who he was? No. He was a legend. He was the first guy with real, what I would say, winery cojones. You know, he hit the $50 market and everybody said, whoa. So I go to see this guy and I tell him the story about the bounty hunter and the dog and the pickup truck. And he goes, why would I want to give you my wine? Now I know I'm, I'm you know, I'm talking to a real poker player. I sat back for a minute and I said, well, Mr. Okay. Bronstein, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, but you're never going to give me anything. I'm going to have to earn it. He goes, how many cases would you like? <laughs> so, so that's pretty you, good Al Bronstein, by the way. Yeah,
0: okay. I like it though. <laughs> um, so you you really never had any trouble with any of these guys. You were actually building their brands for them. You were really good at storytelling in that catalog.
1: Well, that, it was, that always was fun. That was the product. I mean, you know, with regard to, you know, I'll just go finish this with Diamond Creek for within. Four years, we became the largest seller of Diamond Creek in the United States. There you go. It was because we delivered value. And when I say not just financial value, but our, our deal with our clients was we will keep you out of the weeds, right? right. We're right. going gonna to keep you from making bad decisions. Yeah. You you could always find something. This is the justice, by the way. This is 2010 blind justice. This is my wine. <laughs> this is un- unbelievable. That's, this is Thank a, you. Best offer, yeah. 2010. Yeah, this, Pretty good year. Yeah, this is uh, Beckstoffer <laughs> uh, Toclon Vineyard um, Justice. Uh, this is the Bounty Hunter Big Dog wine. So there was Blind Justice, Frontier Justice, and Poetic Justice, and of course the basis upon which juris uh, let's see, uh, justice is administered is called jurisprudence, and so we have another brand called Jurisprudence, and that was the sort of the, the mother load, if you will. Uh, elegant leftovers.
0: This will wake you up.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, absolutely stunning. I was hoping you'd like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think
0: that's the most fun part of our job. You know, I mean, we like to meet people. We love job? to drink wine. Job? This is for. a job, so, isn't it? Uh, this, oh, wait I a show, minute.
2: I mean, if maybe for the people who set up the equipment and moved. I just show up. <laughs> you know, guys that show up 20 minutes late.
0: You know? Yeah, you guys <laughs> are the stars of the show. We're they must already be the here. executives. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> right? If you need me, I'll be in my trailer.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, make it an Airstream. Knock, knock, knock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Katuri, can we come in, please? Uh,
2: Not now. Do you, so do you have the Bextop or on? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you know, in fact... Andy wrote the book on brand, on branding vineyards. Yeah, he did clearly, and uh,
0: so what was his story?
1: Well, I'm just a <laughs> poor boy from Virginia. And when he starts that, I put both hands in my pocket. These are during negotiations, you know. Check <laughs> <Project> your wallet. <laughs> oh, oh you yeah, watch absolutely, and that that was. That's Andy. That,
3: that article. It was an interview or an article with him in the Wine Spectator. Right. That was unbelievable. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, he is. He he is a character.
1: He's a visionary and he yeah. is a character. And uh, I, I love Andy. Andy's great. He. Um, but he's a guy that uh, understood the value of what he was creating, in terms of a real high quality vineyard in the right, in the Tenderloin of the Napa Valley, and and wasn't afraid to. Um, Say, you know what, I want part of that action. So he came up with a formula on how you buy grapes, you right. know, and it was a percentage of what you retail it for. And uh, right. so it, it was pretty uh, pretty sporty at the time, as I recall. I've so
0: he didn't set his retail from the price, he set the price of the grapes you, from the retail he wanted
1: to get. Right. Okay. What are you going to sell it for, you know? And then uh, he would get a percentage of that. And uh, But, you know, he also uh, pruned a great vineyard and, you know, great grapes. It, it wouldn't have never
2: it would never works if the farming if
1: the vineyard isn't there you couldn't oh, absolutely. you could never do that right? no, if the no farming you're not going to make it up in hubris no this is all it
3: no. but he, but he also you know moved into lake county and it, immediately by doing that raised the the idea of quality in lake county you know which certainly had good grape growers before but when he came in it kind of changed the game up there for them clearly um, you know, and, yeah. and 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 he hasn't really come into Sonoma County, I
2: don't think.
1: Yeah, Red Hills um, was is his big. Yeah, the Red lab, Hills, Lake there. County. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean what we were talking about driving over here, Bart, which is you know you if you can't sell the grapes for enough, you can never put it into the farming. So, correct. Andy Backstoffer shows up in Lake County, and he's going to sell the grapes for enough to farm it the way that he wants to, in the right. way that it will deliver the quality that is expected. You know, this is something we deal with this all the time in, in the county on the other side of the mountain here. But it's
3: also, you know, it, it probably also brought, brought new buyers to Lake County because people right. wouldn't have looked at it before. But right. now they sure. go, oh, well, I can get Lake County and I can put Beckstoffer on it. Yep. Well, that's that will help me sell another product.
1: He truly understands branding and uh, branding of yeah. vineyard better than totally. anyone. And uh, uh, there's zero doubt about it. And I would say that again, as Sam just said, that you know the vineyard carries a, carries the a day. Right. There's no question. It's, right. it's it's wonderful juice.
0: Right. We had Tim Wallace on uh, from Benziger. Oh sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, six months ago, something like that. And January. Uh, it, okay, a couple months ago, <laughs> and uh, he was talking about the number one Years thing ago. these days is all that backstory, and being sincere. You know, Sam made a comment. What, whatever happened, uh what, what's wrong with being sincere and, right. and when was honest sincerity. And when did it integrity, go out of fashion. Out of fashion?
2: Well clearly sometime between when the bounty hunter started, because that's what you traded on, and now when the brands that are having success are going back to that and sometime in the last twenty five years, you know, and and you probably track it with, you know, watching the prices uh you know especially in Napa, climb 10 fold plus um oh na- that, neighbor pricing we refer we refer that as n- neighbor, neighbor pricing neighbor pricing my uh, neighbor's
1: getting that so i should charge that
2: right. um so that has nothing to do it and then all of a sudden right. it, yeah exactly then how can you be sincere and you know have brand integrity if that's you know the model that you're chasing and you know hopefully People are moving back to that a little bit. Well, you and know, we've talked certainly about certainly our
3: listeners. Yeah, we've talked about this, Mark, on the show before is that how the vendor designated wine became very common at sure. some point during the business. And if you were a new brand, you wanted a, a vineyard designated product because you could charge more for it. Right. Made people look at you, even though there might have been any no backstory at all on that vineyard.
1: Right. Well, um, if everything's special, nothing special. Right, And what we have now is a lot of neighbor pricing, and we have a lot of cookie-cutter wines. You know, I'm a big proponent of taking uh, Napa Valley flavor profiles back to what they used to be, characteristic of the vineyard, the actual vineyard, right. and not an expression of the latest uh, flavor-of-the-moment winemaker.
0: What... A focus it doesn't group make me about popular in all circles. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Especially some of those winemakers. That's why we only have dinner with Mark in <laughs> Sonoma because nobody's like out the anymore. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we've talked an awful lot to different people about focus groups. And are you are you supplying something that the millennials are demanding? Well, screw it. No, we we make what we make. If they like it, that's
1: wonderful. Well, it's interesting. Um, You know, when I first started Bounty Hunter, I was the typical customer. I was 43 years old when I started the company, so that makes me a baby boomer. Now I'm in the last last third of the baby boomer phenomenon, right? And, of course, following them, we have uh, the Gen X, and there's fewer of them and not quite as healed as the baby boomers were. And so now we have a lot more wine, and we have expensive wine in Napa Valley, and we have a lot of millennials coming up, and I don't necessarily care as much as other people did. You know, give me a craft cocktail, give me some really great beer, and where did I put my edibles? Like, but, yeah. Okay. We forgot yeah. that. Right. No, seriously. Wait. Wait. Right Put right our yeah. <laughs> But uh, but I think that they'll they'll come around. But and there's a lot of stuff they like to drink offshore. But I think Napa and Sonoma both have a chance. I think to uh, to build a product that this group of people will ultimately enjoy, and as they get down the continuum of earning, then. Uh, I think these things are uh, more interesting to them. Yeah, I mean, I they kind of... time.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's time. They, they yeah. t- kind of talk about how uh, they don't have a commitment to working and uh, you know, don't, aren't committed to brands, but they're oh, also... Average free income? <laughs> right, yes. I mean, things <laughs> are, are going to change. Things yeah. will change. They will have to focus their lives at some point.
1: Well, once you get a blast of reality, is that nobody wakes up thinking about you every day. You really do have to go to work. Then uh, that's okay. And you can enjoy the fruits of your labor, that's okay. Yeah.
0: I've always tried. I can guarantee. I've always tried to enjoy
1: the fruits, you know, and, and and
0: they are there sincerely.
1: Absolutely. You, know, you, you work hard. You might as well play hard. No question about it. That's the reason you're drinking mowage with cheesecake. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> um, so, Mark, are you doing um, on a Tuesday? Right. <laughs> Mark, are you still making some wine? Uh, I'm not. No. So I, you're uh, fully retired. I'm fully well. You know, I have a little consulting yeah. company called Pope and Associates. And okay. So I, I'm Pope, and you two can be an associate. <laughs> and uh, so, no, I have a. See,
2: I'm millennial with a job
1: now. Perfect. <laughs> you're all set. Yeah, no, I know. I stay in the game that way a little bit. It's, uh, it, it's fun. You know, once this gets in your blood, it never really gets out. Right. But I have a home in Montana, and I fly, fish, and bird hunt up there. And we travel a little bit in our Airstream motor home and take our bird dog. Do you ever run into Richard Arrowhead when you're in Montana? You know, uh, I run into Dick more often here down at the bird club. Yeah, but uh, he does have a beautiful place up in Polson, Montana, okay. by Flathead yeah. Lake. My place is over on Missouri River where we catch real big fish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Napa, Sonoma, right? You know, the, yeah. but, I, I, I knew we, that was. Good. We like we like big fish. <laughs> were
0: were you pretty much all Napa wines for
1: the Bonnie Hunter? In the beginning, yeah. In the beginning, you know I.
2: Although, that first was, catalog, Hansel, was right there.
1: Well, yeah. No, that was on the... that was <laughs> I For think, $19 a bottle. Well, you know what? And, and I was going to say... <laughs> and they've been there forever. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, in fact, uh, Sam, I was going to send you a text and say, bring a bottle of Hansel with you, because it would be fun to drink next to this Malmarche. Oh, actually, we, you
2: know what? I, I actually I, I have somewhere in my cellar a uh, Hansel Chardonnay. Oh, Probably not 14 but... Sure. Uh, I mean... I got one in the fridge.
1: I w- if you- <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Brian drinks right. two a week probably. <laughs> fantastic,
1: fantastic wine Bob Sessions rest his soul was maybe one of the greatest winemakers certainly at Hansel and uh, I went to a, a tasting and there was about 30 of us James Lobby and a number of other uh, wine types were there and we were tasting 64 pinots and chardonnays it was unbelievable it was shocking how well they held up and they were just beautiful and it was really quite a wonderful tasting
2: i mean if if there was classifications in california like there are in mont you know hansel would be a grand Cru vineyard site i mean where it sits in the valley um the soil types the way it sort of spans the ridge um and, and the age of the vin and the age of the vineyard um would all be things that you know absolutely it would be it would if you know it'd be a wonder at least right well sure. and sure also about it.
3: yeah and also no matter the fact that they have um set their style to you know now well i guess now they've planted some cabernet but yeah, sure. for was, so long was, it that was, was that was Phil. Oh, was it? No, <laughs> oh, of course.
4: <laughs> no one likes to replant vineyards more than that. Nobody fell. likes to rip a vineyard out more than Phil. <laughs> I know. Game. That was my night last night, greeting a table, and he had a bottle of Northern Lights <laughs> Red Northern Blend. Northern Lights takes us back. Oh, that's, um, that's,
2: that's, I mean, you, now that you're not at the restaurant opening it, uh, it's home it, line. Wasn't legal, it wasn't number legal. Number one. Yeah, no, that wasn't but, legal. But this, that was home wine.
4: This guy seemed like a cool guy. He is a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. So we went ahead and opened that up, and he, then he started telling me the story of how his vineyard manager ripped out some vines and planted <laughs> grenache. And I said, <laughs> and "I said, said this? Was. Was. Sounds, sounds that like someone yeah. that I might know. My guilty pleasure. I <laughs> love <Yeah>.
1: grenache. Well, <laughs> and I think it's going to be about a grenache. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see some grenache from that area because you know kind of down on the valley floor yeah. right close to the carneros um line okay. it's definitely yeah, be a cool to spot
2: the, uh you know we're going to at least for the first couple of rounds it'll probably end up being rosé um this neck you know it it's uh i think second or third leaf this year yeah um so if there's any fruit on it it'll end up in rosé for the first couple of years while well, we kind of figure that what we really wanted to plant there was grenache blanc Nice. but, but bill wanted Bill wanted red, red grapes, grapes. Mm-hmm. so he did you know, with grenache. Um I I now live almost sort of neighboring property and we have a little like a quarter acre that we could put grapes into. Maybe I'll put grenache blanc there. So it's <laughs> satisfied grenache blanc on the valley floor. Beautiful stuff.
0: <laughs> hey, you and Henry Mathis both will have a backyard grenache Back, blanc. Backyard yeah, grenache absolutely. blanc? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah, he takes bet he has a fancier camera than I do though. It's all okay. <laughs> God, your, your, your shots are perfect. Don't worry about it. My chemists are always great. You know. Yeah. So, well, you know, I started to ask a little bit about uh, French wines because uh, I was asking, did you, you know, was it exclusively Napa when you started the catalog? It and was. And the first thing you put on the table was a beautiful French wine. Yeah, twenty fourteen Montrachet. Yeah, and you guys all drank yours already.
1: I've been very close to the flame for a lot of years now, 25 years, and so they say that all roads lead ultimately to Burgundy. If you're wine geeky enough, you end up there, and unfortunately, you end up there with a lot of other people with bigger wallets these days. So it is. <laughs> it is. The Chinese are there. So. Yeah. Oh boy.
2: Um, I mean, I got. I think the the blind justice. Is the first time I've sat across a table from right? Newmark and right? had a California yeah. wine in the glass.
1: <laughs> well, I thought it would be sacrilege for me to, uh, you know, be on this show without whipping out a California wine. I mean, <laughs> you know, it is. A is that something to- you, you could drink? Yeah, Yeah, I can, you know, yeah, I can force, choke it down. force myself, <laughs>
2: ply open my my. No, they jaw. were,
1: the wines were always, at uh, the beginning, uh, it was simply, you know, California uh, it's certainly Napa and then Sonoma, and it branched out a little bit and was spent a little time down in the Santa Maria Valley and so on and so forth. And then about maybe seven, eight years into it, then we started uh, doing business with uh, a number of importers and bringing in some very nice imported wine. Um, love great Italian, love great French wine. Um, Bordeaux's crazy priced. I, I'll drink High-end, wonderful California Cabernet over that simply because um, not every night is Saturday night. And I've got other things to do with two grand for a bottle of wine, you know. So but it's just, you know, wine's a great, a great equalizer, you know. I think that uh, you don't have to spend $500, $1,000, $2,000 for a bottle of wine. You, just don't, you don't have to do that. There's a lot of wonderful wine out there for a hell of a lot less.
0: I really can't imagine spending the money that a Latash brings or uh, Petrus. You know where uh, you've got both of those at Sante, right? Oh, we got and, it all and more. <laughs> and we know you love selling them. But. Yeah, yeah.
4: What's the most expensive bottle you have? Ooh, I mean, Screaming Eagles up there, I guess. Shrieking Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and we have like some that. DRC stuff going back. I don't know, oh one, nine, ten, but. You know, rarely do you actually sell those bottles. A lot of, a sure. lot of times, it, the Screaming Eagle will do by the glass. Those are petting wines. Those are, and that's for yeah. guys that come in and yeah. <clears throat> have a little too much to drink and decide that they're stand back
1: while I whip this out. Yeah, their got corporate it. card is yeah.
4: uh, ready for a little action. So mm-hmm. we're happy to provide. My favorite thing...
1: got three bottles downstairs. They're just sitting there still. So. <laughs>
4: the,
2: the first time I had wine at Sante, uh, Syrah by the glass uh, for I think. Six $17 a glass, but because um, oh. the, in the iPad, it's alphabetical and, and 16600 was right below Screaming Eagle for $500 a glass, I'm, well, maybe somebody will scroll there and then go, <laughs> well, no, I can't do that, but I'll, I'll have the Saran stick.
1: Guilty yeah. by association Guilty, or exactly. proximity anyway. Yeah, just
2: right? Guilt by you know neighborhood prices. I should have charged um, $500 a glass for that, right? <laughs> it, it, exactly just, right. Neighborhood prices. <laughs> neighborhood, neighborhood
1: prices. It didn't take us too long at Bounty Hunter to figure out that to someone's a pack of chewing gum, to somebody else it's a house payment. And that is the thing about wine and luxury goods, right? You know, I'm wearing a a Panerai watch by the Purdy Shotgun Company. Now, it tells the same time as a Timex would. But, you know, it's just that thing. There's only 35 of them made, and that's it. That's my guilty pleasure. It's the same thing with wine. People do that. That's okay. So let's go back
2: to before you were sitting in traffic in the midtown tunnel behind the boar's head provisions. Yeah, and you were the guy. You know, you went to dinner or lunch with these clients, and they're buying wine. You're buying, ordering the where. Where is your wine moment? Like where does where does it go? The aha moment. The aha moment. When, like, were you the guy picking out those wines, or and like, how did you? How How did that happen?
1: How did well, you? When I, when what's I, your wine? When I first came to Napa then, you know, there's this sort of meet these various winemakers and you go to these restaurants and so on and so forth. And, you know, there was the Mondavi experience. And, you know, then there was meeting Rick Foreman and Jason Palmer, And this is prior to starting Bounty Hunter. And so that was eye-opening for me. And uh, But, you know, really, I, I, I think that for me it started – Early on, you know, it, with Riesling, it started with, you know, Kendrell Jackson Reserve. I think Jess Jackson did more to build a Chardonnay business. I mean, it's right. sort of what Home did for, uh, you know, for uh, White's Infidel. Right. And so that was the gateway. That was the gateway drug. And, uh, and then when you, the people start bringing these things in, and then you go, aha, aha, aha. I mean, my, my wine education was, uh, you know, trial by fire. You know, we're tasting four or 5,000 wines a year. And you get to understand what you really like and why, but you know some people have a more of a French palate, some people have a sweet palate, but you know a lot of people. It just depends what you like. And but for me, it's uh, again as I said earlier, nobody tells you how you want your steak, nobody tells you how you want your omelet, and so wine should be that same thing. Um, but I think now that uh, again, I'd like to see I'd like to see things move back where. There's more of a um, a marriage of the the vineyard of what the vineyard is offering. I'd like to see some of that.
2: So, I mean, really, you you had the business, and then through the and I mean, this is probably pretty common. I, probably a lot of my wine education has come sure. since sixteen six hundred. Um, but you you're saying tasting the five thousand wines a year at mm-hmm. the Bounty Hunter yeah. more than you didn't you weren't you didn't have a You weren't a psalm, you didn't have you didn't have any background per se. So I know we tried to get this out of you. What were the misses? What were the like things Mm. that you wines that you loved that your and you don't have to say a label necessarily, but maybe stylistically or you know, that your customers were you fortunate enough to just have some customers that liked everything, or was there like really a time that you you swung and missed on, on
1: you, you, try to, you try to make sure that you don't take the shot to the head. <laughs> so, you know, that's always and never. Only flesh wounds. Yeah, don't confuse those. Yeah. Every bad decision I've ever made has been difference between always and never do that. And so never take a pallet of wine that you're not sure is going to go away. And so I would negotiate an allocation. Right. I would say, we'll take a flyer on this, and I think we need this much, and we'll see how this goes. And so then we would acid test it and very seldom would we have somebody said, I don't like what you said,
4: huh.
1: you know, and then you surround yourself with other palates. Of course, then I sucked up to every winemaker that I thought was worth a damn and and uh, bled them dry for information and uh, knowledge. And, and so but, ultimately it was your palate, right? Yeah. that sold yeah. It, My palate. And then also I, I, I grew a team you know, and uh, a sharp young man uh, joined me, I think five years into it, and uh, named Brett Gadke, and he had a good palate, and and so I said, you know, hey, I tell you what, um, you can help me with some of this stuff, and so and then he became a buyer, and one thing led to another, and then we had several buyers, and, and you know, as far as the house palate goes, you know, we were leaner, and we, we usually just chose winners, I phew, figure it out, I don't know, but we didn't have a lot of yeah Yeah. Yeah. well you know uh, sometimes better to be lucky than good but i like to think we were both um it was important for us to make sure we could deliver quality to our customers and if they didn't like it we'd know about it um so i think that was the most important thing again i think the food thing for us was not was not the answer but the wine thing always worked
0: i don't assume you took any bottles back ever
1: I mean, did anybody say this, I don't oh. like this at all? Oh, this is this is a great story. Uh, a guy I knew from the pharma business uh, called up, and he wanted to buy three cases of Shadow Montalena 1996. And then subsequently he had called back about three weeks later, and he said, well, I really don't like this. And I said, well, great, I'll take it back. I'll put it in my cellar. And then it got, I think, ninety-eight points or something, whatever that means. But in, uh, in transit, and like, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, a year later, six months, whatever it was. And he said, uh, "Hey, do you?" He called me back. Do you still have that? <laughs> I said, "I do. It's in my cellar." <laughs> but no, we didn't triple the price now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I drank it all. But that's uh, even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: If he was you know. dumb enough to send it back. Yeah,
1: I think you that know, was the big year, also, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a strong year. It's interesting about vintages in California, though. I think I, I was at uh, a little wine um, bar here called Compline downtown, and it's a very—it's a good place. I like it very it's, well. It, there's Stamp a lot of nerds in that, there. Yeah, very <laughs> serious wine geeky people. He, Matt's a master sommelier. Yeah, he's, he's a good cat. I like what he's doing there. And that's the and only place you can get great, through duck great fat fries. Yeah, I was going to say the burger yeah, exactly. and fries. You <laughs> really said it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here oh, no. I thought I was going to share something you didn't <laughs> know. But... Sorry, I'll pretend like I just went out. It was fabulous. But anyway, so I was sitting next to a woman who was uh, enjoying a bottle of uh, George De La Tour, um, 1998. And it uh, turns out that she, she was Jancis Robinson's, uh, one of her uh, taster writer uh, people. And... Uh, but we got talking about the vintage, and of course that was a mildly maligned vintage by the wine spectator, et cetera. And uh, same with the 89 vintage. And both those vintages turned out to be good vintages. Right. And that wine was fantastic. It was not merely good, it was great. Right. And so I always laugh about that. So, you know. I think that um, scoring wines, isn't that fascinating? How about that?
2: So I mean, 94, <laughs> when you started Bounty Hunters, yeah. scores mattered. You know, and yes I'll tell no. you a story
1: about that. We, there was, uh, it was a 93 vintage. There was a Havens Barrico, It was a proprietary red. Got 93 points and I forget who it was. I'm not going to name names sometime, but, and then there was another wine, Stone Street Legacy, and that was a 93 points, 89.95. The Barico was like 32.95. Hmm. And there was another wine that was less than both of them and better than both of them for like 28 bucks. Yeah, And I thought, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not posting scores anymore. I'm buying the wines that we really like and selling them, and uh, because you know you're doing business with us because you trust our palate, and we know we know where it's going.
0: That's the thing. They do. They trust your palate.
1: That was it. I mean, that was the whole concept. And again, if you didn't like it, we want it back, and we were very sincere about it. You know, for me, it was never about the sale. It was always about the relationship. Right. Because the relationship goes on. And the sale is terminated once the credit card clears. Right. Yeah, you but don't
0: want customers that buy yeah. once.
1: No, no. no one no, no. lifetime. This is all about that. This is, this is taking you know, somebody from a one time customer to an ambassador of your brand. And that's the way it always worked for us. Yeah, the
3: person that says, look at this wine catalog I got today. Exactly. You got to check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I can recall back when I, you know, in the early days when I was like the only guy, you know, on the phone making those calls. And it was funny. And, then, of course, you'd, you'd call this guy, and guy's in one of the Twin Towers. And, he, and they'd pass you around like a cheap dance hall girl, too, or other buddies. Hey, hey, so, so, hey talk to the bounty hunter. You know, next thing you know, you got seven phone calls on the line here. It was fun. But it was always about the relationship and never about the sale, because the relationship goes on. That was it. Always that.
0: Truer true words were never spoken for the wine industry, right? I mean, you want people to buyers forever you want brand ambassadors for them I mean, yeah but
3: you know what a lot of the big brands they don't look at it that way sam and i look at it that way and um you know because that's how we're going to survive and build our brands but i i guarantee you at some of those big box places that they're not i mean if if it's not today there'll be somebody else what was it you know no. Between your shoulders and your ankles and the grocery store, you know they—they yeah. they don't. There's no brand loyalty there. It's whatever stands out at well, you. Well, it was so. a little
1: bit of the way uh, wines have been aging these days, right? Right. You know, on the way home from the store. Right. right. And forty-five months with ageability. You know, downstairs I'll take you guys downstairs <laughs> and you'll see the cellar and then the other cellar. Yeah, I was, I was actually
2: hoping we would podcast from the cellar. So there would be like, like, well, can we open that? Mar- yeah, mark there's that not that? enough
1: room. <laughs> I did get, spe- get caught speeding at the Napa Valley Wine Auction a number of years ago. So I've got six, six, six liter bottles of Plump Jack, Odette, and Cade downstairs that, that need to be drunk one day.
0: Let's have a party. Yeah. Well, we'll go to the Bonnie Hunter and get ribs and... Barbecue, yeah. beer
1: can, chicken. You, do
2: you still get like an employee discount
1: down yeah, they're there. Still, they're still, they're still <laughs> nice to me in there. I love it. Yeah, they, they still haven't taken my pictures off the bat. You know, all the, the uh, all the press, the Time magazine or the Playboy magazine or whatever magazine there was, and I always put them in the bathroom. That's <laughs> what was the press room, the PR room. But it's still there, as I'm told. They're they're opening another branch now in Walnut Creek, which I found them before I left. That's, yeah, so that's a great platform. Oh, yeah, we want wonderful. Would be perfect. It's the old Tommy Bahamas uh, Bahamas location. Well, that's going to, gonna, that's to gonna be wild.
0: They'll do a lot of yeah, it'll, be, it'll be
1: beautiful. Yeah, it'll be nice. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get on there. They'll sport us out. I think we'll sit in the booth and we'll have a good time. What do you miss? What do I miss? Yeah, I miss my people. You know, I do. Uh, for me, it was always a people business. You know, I never went to work, uh, I always went to adventure every day. And uh, I, I always treated everyone, I was sort of the, but not sort of, totally the benevolent dictator. This is what we stand for and this is what we don't stand for. I mean, this is whether it was dealing with a vendor or dealing with your, you know, I've had fired a few clients, but, uh, and with the employees, you know, but you're, you're trying to always do the right thing and make sure they do the right thing. And so, but I always believed in the cowboy ethics, you know, do the right thing when nobody's looking, so you always do the right thing when everybody's looking. And, uh, you know, you ride for the brand. And we we had a, a swagger. You know, the bounty hunter crew had a real swagger about them. They cared about what they did. They rode for the brand. And I think that's critical. I think to growing any business has got to be culture first. And uh, know what you stand for, know what you don't put up with. So that's, and I, I was, you know, I taught that in many ways uh, in New Mexico in the horse business, which was kind of fascinating for me. And that's why I became sort of this, you know, Western Americana sort of thing. Hmm. So,
4: well, who took over for you when you left?
1: Well, that's a fine question. Um, there's a new gentleman that is now the CEO there, and his name is Peter Ekman. I think he was involved with Wine.com, and so he's their new CEO. It's it's changed. The catalog has changed, and I think the company is moving into uh, a, a different different style of business. So, um, and
4: that's a little mysterious. So
1: <laughs> no comment. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> oh,
0: come on. Now you got, now you got a comment. Sometimes maybe That's cur- just,
1: that's like asking a guy, you had this really hot girlfriend and, and then somebody else sees, <laughs> she's She's as hot as she was. Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I think they're still growing the business. I hope that they are. And, uh, the restaurant's still doing great, tasting good. Uh, I, I think, th- you know, some of the, um, the book looks differently. Of course, you know, you know, me, I have pride of authorship, right? So, hey, you know, who am I kidding? That's my baby, right? No problem. I get it. So that's okay. And, uh, things change, things grow, things adjust, and, and we'll see where they take it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my, my fervent hope is it continues to grow and be the kind of company it always was.
0: They do have a lot of competition these days, don't they?
1: There is a lot of competition, you know, um, if you look at, I think it was Silicon Valley report, wine industry report, 2017. And they said that the heydays of the California wine industry was from 1994 to 2015, looking at the, the growth in the business. Of course, that makes me a genius having sold in 14, but I don't know how true that and st-
2: is. And started in 1994. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah. Please. They were, guess, a, they were <laughs> tracking years. Better to be lucky there. than smart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, you knew, you could see it happening and now of course there's 700 cab, california cabernet or cabernet brands in Napa alone 700 Pardon?
0: 700 700 cab brands in, in Napa. Napa
1: yeah so you, how do you have sort a that look competition up? that's a really good question um, you know back to if everything is special nothing special if everything's the same nothing special right. and and there's a lot of cookie cutter and so how do you differentiate yourself um, you know, so you can fill in the blank. You know, I was a world-class brain surgeon. I was a sports figure. I was a this. I was a that. I made a lot of money. Therefore, now I have my 10-acre property, and I get this vineyard manager, and then, I, you know, I'm a, rich, if I'm a rich guy, and okay. You see, so here's my wine. Everybody's supposed to buy it, and now I apply the neighbor pricing. It well, doesn't always work, So, um, but there's a lot of wine out there. There's a lot of good wine out there, a lot of great wine out there. But I think that um, there's going to be um,
2: It almost seems like now more than ever we need a bounty hunter to go out and I mean how else do you how else do you sort through I mean how would you know podcast guests. I mean how else do you sort through seven hundred Cabernet brands? Well and and then then when
3: you know, and then when you have one consulting winemaker that's you know having it's his style put on, and right. he's on you know a hundred of them. Exactly, um, he and his team. There's there there's cutter. a loss
1: of vineyard unique distinction in that that's no right. matter what. Yeah. No, it um, becomes cookie cutter at some point.
0: So how long can those cookie cutter brands even exist? Well, well but we're they're gonna if,
1: find out.
4: Right. Until the money runs out, John. Right. Or the passion. Yeah. And maybe there was yeah, how
3: much passion was there in the beginning. It, it was <laughs> is passion over ego or is ego over passion.
1: Ego. Well it's yeah, it's you know it's a really good question. You know, when I, I look at the I look at wine I think, look, this is a consumable adult beverage. It's not going to change your life. Unless you drink too much consistently, in which case you're in trouble. But uh, generally speaking, it's consumable adult beverage. And as I said early earlier, that um, you know it's a great equalizer. Somebody it's a package income. Somebody it's a house payment. You know, so I get that. But it it needs to stay real. And I think that it's going to be interesting in the next five years to see what happens. There will be a little blood on the floor. There will be. And um, but I promise I will never have a vineyard. <laughs> harvest season interferes with bird hunting in Montana. Right. Uh, There's the real reason. Uh, it's all about me. Right,
2: <laughs> I bet the place in Montana's political <laughs> philosophical stance no. pretty special.
1: Uh, it gets, is, it is you special. could
2: just do like Robert Cuman does and leave during the harvest every year and go <laughs> have you know something to do and let everybody
1: else. I'll be in Montana. You know, That's I'll what I Montana. did. I remember I used to take calls from Tim Milo's, my winemaker. And he was a winemaker for Justice and our, all of our brands. And, you guys uh, bought
2: fruit from Oakville Ranch a couple of oh times. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, great juice. Yeah, really great juice. And we'd be having these conversations. I'd be in the bird field. and Sit down, break the shotgun down, sit down. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on with the weather. When do you really think it's going to rain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you beg them to get that off now? <laughs> Always fun. A thrilling moment, yeah. It's a good, good ride. It's a good ride.
4: Well, how did you come up with the food
1: at the Bounty Hunter? Ah, uh, oh, yes. Well, I okay, mean, it's so not
4: your typical Napa spot. No.
1: Right? <clears throat> well, you know, it's funny you ask. I was walking down the street in my blue power suit with my reptile, my Mont Blanc pen, and my Atlas briefcase in 1991. And at that time, I was director of sales for Day Laboratories, pharmaceutical company here. And I sat down across the street from the existing Bounty Hunter building, built in 1888. It's a great old building. And I sat down there, and there's an old, burned-out Navy, Army-Navy surplus store behind me, and I'm looking at this building, and I'm thinking, I'm going to have this building one day. Then I looked up, and I realized, I hear this voice that goes, what do you need a building for? You don't even have a business. I'll get back to you later, you know, that little voice. (laughs) So then I started Bounty Hunter 94, got into the other place down on the river about ninety-six. And then it was about 2002 when I was able to get that building. And so now I got a building, and I'm going to put the offices upstairs. Mm -hmm. It was perfect, you know, 1888 business, you know, building, 1888-type company, you know, Time honored Traditions, Courier and Knives, the whole thing. Perfect branding, exactly the look, the feel, the taste. I wanted it to look and taste and, and smell like Bounty Hunter. So that was great. So I thought, well, we'll put in a retail wine shop there and a little tasting bar, and we'll have some nifty nibbles. And uh, so then, of course, I made some of the world's worst cheese platters in the (laughs) opening days. And then I had a chef come in. Let's say he was a drunk line cook, and (laughs) (laughs) a chef would be a little generous. A distinction without a difference. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But he brought me the Kentucky Hot Brown, and then he said, hey, wow, there's a thing called beer can chicken, and I said, okay, so let's talk about that. All right, so kitchen was the size of a 1959 Cadillac. I'm not kidding you. you I'll, I'll show you the kitchen later. And uh, so what Which can is we big do? by
2: car standards, but maybe not kitchen standards. That's right. Okay. That's
1: exactly right. It's and not the girl in the family. That includes the galley. <laughs> so I said, well, what if we put smokers out back? So yes, we could do smokers out back. And so one thing led to another, and I said, well, all right, so... You're going to sell more wine if you have something to eat. And it was always going to be fun and edgy and, you know, blue jeans. It was always luxury goods, blue jeans style. Marries perfectly with barbecue and other great, great foods that don't have to be fancy. Great open-faced Reuben sandwich, a Kentucky Hot Brown, which you can get to the Brown Hotel in Louisville, Kentucky. Fabulous place. Um, and so we would go after these things that we could do with a smoker and and that was pretty much it and then later on we ended up getting a commissary kitchen off off um, off site and but we went through numerous iterations you know i spent a lot of money in the building and uh, but i wanted it to be right it had to be right had alabaster lenses bronze uh light fixtures in there and ripped out the floors and it's hard to put brand-new floors in and then throw hammers and chains and chisels on the floor to make them look old. That was hard for me to do, but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we did hand-pounded ceiling tiles from San Miguel de Allende. But I wanted everything to be right. It had to be authentic. This is
0: like hand-building a Ferrari, yeah, it was, ha- well, ha- hammering yeah. out the <laughs> aluminum skin on it. Yeah. Well, that was it. And,
3: and there's no doubt that when you drive up to it or walk up to it and you smell the smoke from the smokers, you kind of your knees kind of
1: buckle and you you know you comfortable, yeah, you know it I mean smells, you're not going like hunter it you're does. not going to out Tom Tom yeah. Keller like in a place animal. with no kitchen you right know? right, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> so we decided let's just keep this fun blue jean and barbecue made sense for us, and uh, yeah, that was the idea, but we were doing things like uh, great um cassoulet's and just just wonderful wonderful little things, nifty nibbles you know right
0: there yeah right. cassoulet and that
1: was it yeah
0: i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna have chicago's a barbecue town i mean i lived there for damn near 40 years yeah that's a fact this is not a barbecue town no. not a valley i'll no. just say that so i mean i'm really looking forward to
1: this it should be a
0: great new source for me for barbecue
1: well, we tell people if, uh, if if you don't like it, we want it back in terms of wine. And if you come to there and you don't have a good time, you get your time back. So it's a time-back guarantee. Wow, Time-back guarantee. Yeah, so, so far, no one's asked. Mark Pope's
2: good. most impressive invention. <laughs> the time-back time okay. back
1: back guarantee. guarantee. Right. Just gave you
2: that hour back,
1: brother. Enjoy. <laughs> oh,
2: you do that twice once a year, right? You take it and then you give it back. Absolutely. <laughs> <Right>. Precisely.
0: <laughs> so has Mark tasted any of your 16600? What
2: hundred? What'd Love you to. bring? Uh, well, I... I brought a 16 Syrah so that we had something to pour. That's what I opened. I also brought a 2010 Estate Zinfandel um, that was a Shiner, and we didn't have any labels for it. So we put a 2009 label on it and then Sharpied over it. So I figured I wasn't going to sell it anyway. Um, But at least I knew what it was. Um,
1: Good to know know we're held in such high esteem.
2: Yeah. (laughs) uh, Did you use liquid paper for that? Uh n- no, literally sh- you can tell it was Sharpie. Love it. Sharpie and then a gold sharpie to write the ten over the nine. Sixteen oh, boo. Nice. Sixteen
1: nice.
4: boo.
2: We're you know, we're in Sonoma. We
1: well, can get our, away with things there's our, can... our blue spit buckets we can get to work. Or no, take well, it to lunch.
2: Um I think a barbecue I think. Let's, barbecue,
1: work work. I think let's drink it now. Too. Let's taste it let's
0: now. Too. Let's taste it now.
2: Yeah.
0: Two thousand ten. Yeah. Okay. On the other hand, Zen is perfect barbecue. Oh, uh, we'll, that's we'll true too. taste it now take it. Yeah. I got no problems with that, so. But I think Bart has to go home. Yeah, yeah back
2: and, I'm not. Back to I'm, the not I'm, 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 I'm not on. I'm not on lunch release either. Yeah, I'm still on. I'm still on. You know. Dane, home,
3: Dane home is, you got uh, kid duties, or, or? Yeah, my son is uh, has a day off today for uh. whatever reason, and um, I have to get him to uh, swim practice, piano lessons. And I think that's it for today. Wow.
0: You
2: named your winery after him. Do you have still have to do things for him? you. <laughs> don't <laughs> gi- don't no give anybody500,000
0: dollars to get him into college. No, right, right now. No. Okay.
3: He's, um, uh, I think this summer he's going to go to uh, one of his uh, summer camps is going to be uh, with Uncle Dale uh, picking up uh, pounding nails and picking up uh, a construction site. Wow, what did he do wrong?
1: it needs, he needs a, to have
2: an experience. <laughs> By the way, this Mont Rocher
1: is just now opening up.
2: Yeah. You mean after it's all gone?
0: <laughs> and <laughs> you're the mine. only one that has any left. I, I was Brian looking at ba- Bart, and he Save even mine. finished his. Oh, it was mm. beautiful stuff. It was really nice. And, of course, it all goes back to Brian, because he's the one who always says we should have the white for an opener.
3: It, it, it You have to. That that wine it's is right really there. something. It's It amazes me how those wines from uh, Burgundy... Oh. It tastes Change. like cheesecake now.
0: Ah, beautiful. Thank you, Sam. It's amazing. Can we pass, we'll pass one, those, one of those blue. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: the... Beautiful. Thank you. That's Bingo. Our, uh, uh, the goblet. Our high-end spittoons. Thank you. It's Victorian.
2: It looks It looks like, you know, from the bounty hunter. Yeah, my granddaughter
1: 18...
2: chose these. So. 1880s goblets.
1: There we go.
0: Well, if nothing else, you brought this really nice attitude to the show, and I like well, that. Thank you. Sincerely. You know, we need that. Well, good, I mean, a I, good
2: reputation and a really nice attitude are really like nobody's. I'm, John has. First time I've been accused mi- of this. Completely misunderstood. <laughs> Mark all that.
0: No, I'm being nice and, okay. and, a, and an attitude can be. One of any kind. Fair enough. This
1: is true. (laughs) So explain sixteen six hundred. Is this address? So this is my
0: parents. Have you?
2: You've been up the hill to like.
1: It's not the gate code still, is it? It is not the (laughs) gate code. We we
2: have address. Not the the gate code is is hidden on the back label. Got it. Really want to get in there. Yeah, Yeah, it's like one of those magic eyes. A
1: special watch for that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. lens. The decoder (laughs) (laughs)
2: lens. Well, damn, this is good. Twenty ten estates infondo. This is uh, nice. Mm. The third, fourth time we, you know, made this for the sixteen six hundred. Oh. This is like you know we didn't have a tasting room. We made mm. we made a uh, hundred cases of it. Made a hundred cases of, of Syrah, a hundred cases of Cab in twenty
1: ten. Um, As was Ben Bugetti said, in the Pope of Greenwich Village, that don't make me too mad. That don't make you too <laughs> mad. It's <laughs> <That's> very nice. <laughs> uh-uh. I could good sell Thank this. you, good this, Sam. I should, I should try.
2: stuff. (laughs) I'm working on telling the the 2016 version right now. There you go. Going out to uh, wine club members in in a couple weeks. Yeah, there's still a few sure. cases of the 2010 left. You well, we come have, in and get it. I
1: guess the price just went up. We always <laughs> said at Bounty Hunter, we want to be the guys what, what that have a lot order it before
2: the show drops? <laughs> 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 before the show drops? I think you have a special in, Ed.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Promo code. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Promo code. <laughs> right. It's going to be interesting well, to see if anybody Pick it does afternoon. that. Right. I mean, it's been promoted. <laughs> the shipping's
3: going to kill you, Ed. <laughs>
4: exactly.
3: No, Ed, Ed's,
2: Ed's a member. Ed's, uh, <laughs> uh, members shipping is included in their purchase price. because UPS, FedEx,
1: and other other yeah
2: i'm going to fly to chicago and drop it off at your apartment because it's cheaper than shipping fedex or ups <laughs> right the mule yeah pony express we still have that going there you go you're welcome in chicago anytime my friend you know that we had a good time when you were there in november we did have a good time yeah, i still talk about taking the elevator down into morton's the elevator door opening right to my reserve right table right to the reserve table i was like I took three steps to get to dinner. That was, I probably need to take, go, maybe took a couple laps after dinner to work this one off because
1: I didn't get it on the
0: way in. You ever do anything in Chicago, Mark?
1: Ever visit? I have visited Chicago numerous times. I love that town. Pay attention. Look around. I'm a kid from Detroit, so I know huh? how to look around. So, no, Chicago's great. It's a wonderful place. Good food town.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they like wine. Oh yeah,
1: and they like we wine like in one. Chicago. Well, one of the same, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they they just sell a lot of
0: it it's at uh, Benny's. Sam's yeah. and Benny's were the, sure. the oh, yeah.
1: big stalwarts, still are. Yeah, yeah, Big Shoulders, town to Big Shoulders. I did a, um, I did a
3: uh, sales blitz to Chicago one time with the Benzigers and. I went into uh, did, was
2: tasting there any tequila left in the entire city when you left. No, matter Zero. of
3: fact, it, it, there wasn't. It was Chris and Kathy Benziger were both there with us, and <laughs> I mean it was it was ugly. It was really ugly. Um, <laughs> but I walked into one of the first accounts. I think it was at Benny's, and I did my tasting, and we finished up. And they said we'll take a pallet of the shard and two pallets of the cab, and I was like. Holy cow! Is that your I best offer? Done it, yeah. I, 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 I have you know arrived. Right. I have arrived. I am now a wine salesman, and it had all been negotiated well before I even got there. <laughs> it was just that they handed over the order when I was there to make it. Don't let the truth get in the
1: way of a good story. I love that.
0: <laughs> well, on the other hand, man, it had to make you feel awful damn good.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know,
0: I mean, that's that's exactly what you want. No question. Somebody buying your wine, something that you made yourself. Yeah. There is your perfect moment. Absolutely. So, Well, what else, guys? Um, Besides a you know, beautiful view out of here. Yeah. Just looking straight just north st- of the valley. It's straight up the valley. I've never, You don't really actually get
1: to see. I've been here for almost 30 years now, and I've never seen this view you know, before. It's no. almost unrecognizable. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it shrinks the whole thing in this way that, does. you know. Well, it's a whole yeah. valley
1: east to west and yeah. 40 miles, to, well, about 30-something miles to Mount St. Helena. Yeah. but you Reach uh, out
0: and touch it. Now, yeah. is that the highest around St. Helena? It is. Well, yeah. and then we the, other, snow there. Yeah.
3: the other thing is your perspective of St. Helena is very different than most people's perspective know, because mm-hmm. it looks a lot sharper where here it looks very flat. Sure. Um, so right. um, that fools the eye also because in our so. mind we look at Mount St. Helena as
1: being from the west, from the west, yeah. Right. Yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. So there was
2: definitely. I mean, you saw a lot of snow up there almost for oh. a good couple weeks this winter.
1: Absolutely. No, yeah. it looked like Kilimanjaro a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I was wearing my. My pith helmet and uh, <laughs> standing up, going the other on day, some, doing some exploring, chasing Kathy around this, the house. Is,
2: this is what happens when you retire and sell your business. <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually had shorts on though. <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next clear. thing you know, he's going to be doing a podcast like just, with you. Usually, I <laughs> just wear my robe.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, would you ever do a podcast? Would sure. you ever think about
1: it? Absolutely. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, wait, people have the... been
0: looking for your voice on wine. Somebody told me I had a face
1: for radio. So, <laughs> oh, that's me. I was just saying, welcome to this room. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hi. Here there's we a are. lot of
0: there's an awful lot of radio expertise in this room for a long many, many, many <laughs> on years. that side of the table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on yeah. that side Everyone, <laughs> well, you guys were all guests on the radio show time and time again. I mean, over the years, I mean, Brian and I had some parties, and I think you were there for one of them at least, Sam. I mean, well, yeah, the Christmas I mean, party. Holy cow!
2: Sandra would send over a couple of platters and I mean, seven bottles of wine among the three or four of us. And, was... and then I, you know, some Porsche Mose had to come into the studio after us and you know, wipe up all of our crumbs and our but see, selves. that's that's
0: the way you get the re- reputation of having the coolest show around. It's like everybody <laughs> yeah. wants to do the wine show, man. <laughs>
2: Yeah, better than like what was before was like the senior citizens advisory network or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, there's a, a community radio. Right there. There. We had to like <laughs> the, you had to like open up the room and wave at the mothballs <laughs> before you open up the wine. Oh, yeah, good times.
0: We've come a long way. Oh, Here gosh, we are. Man, we, we have, <laughs> and you know, mail I mean, number five. I th- I think at this point. <laughs> We've achieved uh, a a, a yes.
2: big one today. We never and opened one of those shows with a Grand Cru Montreux.
0: No,
1: and cheesecake, and cheesecake. It's and the cheesecake. pairing. Yeah, and I, the cheesecake. I, I gotta
0: tell you, the cheesecake was
1: better than I've ever. ever had.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, it was. Well, and I, wait, you say who who made the cheesecake?
1: Um, my girl's daughter. Your girl's daughter. So basically, my daughter. Now. Your daughter. My Whew. daughter. Now she's officially my daughter.
2: Now that you've yeah. said it on I mean, our she's in the world, nationally syndicated podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs>
1: I'll give everybody her number. We're all going to text her. Okay. You know, <laughs> Thanks so our much cheesecake orders? Yeah, this cheesecake. can be found. It's called Alley Cat Cheesecake. Alley Cat it's Cheesecake. a $100 cake. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, God damn it. Um, she's, not, she's not dicking around with the, uh, with the ingredients here. She's buying the real deal, real stuff. Yeah. All right, that's good. Wait a minute. How how old is you? Can you say, say "dicking around"? <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck you want. Whatever the hell Howard Stern now, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, we're not quite there. We're not shock jocks. No, <laughs> the we, midget we, show comes on later. <laughs> we have an awful lot of background in <laughs> shock jock here at the table. So. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, kids. Well, shout outs. Yeah, probably... yeah, absolutely. This is the time, Mark, where we we tie everything up and, and give our shout outs.
4: Why does everyone look at me you're the shadow you Brian
3: yeah, been
0: quite, quite quiet <laughs> well
4: plausible deniability yeah. you know if you want to come tour some of these fabulous vineyards and have a psalm take you on the tour I recommend <laughs> reaching out to winezulu.com Z-O-O-L-O-O. but it's wine Zulu uh, yeah maybe I don't know I you were <laughs> you know type it into it's, the Google, <laughs> if, it comes Google? Up, if it comes up that it's a tour <laughs> that's the one
1: and the internet machine. Wine
4: Zulu, I love the name.
1: That's very creative. Zulu, yeah. Yeah, I like it.
4: Well, I have an image of like a guy throwing a spear or something. You need the pith
1: helmet and you need those shorts that the guy used to wear on Magnum PI, that that, that British dude. Oh, Oh, Higgins. Yeah, Higgins, that's right, Higgins. That's right.
4: You got it. There's the look. (laughs) Everybody just picture Higgins. That's who will be guiding your tour. You're going to grow in mustache, stash, too.
1: No, I'm, I'm high top boots there. with shorts and, and thick <laughs> no. socks.
4: yeah. and uh, I want to get a shout out to uh, also to Danny Fay and his lovely wife. Uh, yeah, uh, who we had a fun time on the show and and they released their um, their cab on St. Patrick's Day. and I, Hill of Tara. I think they're, they're doing well with it. So um, that's always good to see.
0: hell, they added um, like a couple dozen people to their list the day after the show hit. That's nice. Well, that was really Yeah, pleased. Absolutely, we're selling
2: right. wine and, and cheesecakes. Yeah, Allicad, yeah. we'll look the, them up. Yeah, look up Allicad cheesecake, cheesecake.
0: Cheesecake, that's it. Give Can it a we good order? Shout out bulk. I'll take a pallet of cheesecake. <laughs> take a pallet of cheesecakes. <laughs>
1: Joan would love that. Yeah. I have a coupon. <laughs> I got a coupon for Christmas. Uh, I'm entitled to four cheesecakes per year, once a quarter. So, you guys are well, you know, clearly keeping your in high regard. The fact <laughs> that you're getting a part of this <laughs> cheesecake yeah, raised in your image,
2: exactly. What's the cheesecake catalog look like? Does she, does not, she have uh, a not website? Thin. Not thin, uh, not yet. Not yet.
1: No, that's our new business. Okay. She doesn't know this yet. I'm putting ah. her to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, You've seen the grandkids, so we got the cutest little spokesperson, so we're all yeah. set. Yeah. It's a perfect deal.
0: So,
3: yeah. Bart, anything? Um, no, you know, thanks to everybody getting a lot of messages from listeners, um, had a conversation with, uh, Melanie, um, and her new venture down in Paso Robles. How is she doing? She's doing good. She's, um, struggling with some, uh, decisions on changing the vineyard from conventionally farmed to organic farming. And so Sam and I were talking to that a little bit on the way over and we're going to try to help her out as much as we can. Um, so she's uh it's how it's like how do you pull off the band-aid off it's just you kind of have to go for it yeah listen, and then then, um uh let everybody know because they're going to hear about it i am have signed myself up for a uh a bike ride a a charity ride um for uh no no kids hungry um it's called chef cycle every year about 250 chefs from across the country come to sonoma county and they ride 100 miles a day for three days. Nice. And um, can I they've...
4: get the can I get the map of exactly where they're going so I know where, <laughs> I, how, how not to go to work? I, I, I what well, road I to well avoid? You know,
3: trust me, it's this isn't a big impact. I, I've seen them in the past go through the county and. Um, it's kind of like this little pack, and it just kind of crosses a road. And okay. there's no
1: sh- road shut off for it. I got enough or trouble anything. on Bennett Valley. This is, not Tour de France. Yeah. this is not the Tour de France. So I understand no, you have um, the electric bike concession. For it yeah, protect. exactly,
3: <laughs> exactly. If there's any electric bikes, I'm going to be taking them out. I, I had a guy. I was on a ride the other day, and I was riding up up a hill, and a guy on an electric bike went by me doing about 25 <laughs> miles an hour. And, and he goes, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, <gasps> you.
1: Nanya. You. Nanya. <laughs> With the can what's of mustache wax in his back pocket. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. Wondering where his edibles are.
4: <laughs>
2: I
0: like that term. Sam, what's going on? I, by uh, the way, have you really announced? Uh, oh, your, yeah. Your, I'm yeah, a yeah. daughters. I have a daughter now. Yeah. Since the last time
2: I was on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, Althea Opal Katuri. And, and where did the name come from? We want to know. Uh, that's AOC. That's AOC. Oh, all right. As in, you know, Appalachian uh-huh. or yeah. the your crazy fa- your, woman, your favorite congresswoman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a Grateful Dead song, Althea. Um, although there's a little bit of sort of like litmus test with it because it just is kind of a name. You don't know it's a Grateful Dead song unless you know. Um, to be honest, I, I didn't name it f- ap- name her after a club member, but was inspired. Uh, a woman came into the tasting room on a. Garrett bus. You do
1: anything for business. A- C- absolutely. <laughs> no, totally. She's
2: already my, my spring catalog is already going out. I you know what it's cover. like to
1: be desperate. I get it. I, re- I see the tea leaves right now. I'm reading them.
2: Uh, <laughs> and, and her name was Althea. You know, she was never heard the Grateful Dead song. Had no idea. Her mom wanted to name her something interesting and named her after Althea Gibson who um, broke the color barrier in professional golf and tennis in the 50s or something. Um, and we went you know I was in I was at, we were in name hunting mode and uh-huh. um our baby was due right around um my great grandmother Agatha's birthday uh, February 22nd um and I didn't want to wish Agatha on any <laughs> child in 2019,
1: so we it's were lo- close to agony. I think. Yeah, pretty true. much. <laughs> so we were
2: looking for something that you know kind of was Agatha, but without being. And then we came to Althea, and uh, and then it's pretty nice. And then right. and then it was an a, a you know a new AOC in Sonoma, so um, that was definitely part of it also. That's uh, awesome, and you know. Well, congratulations you. to so Alice and she's to you. Twenty-two days old as as we record right now, so hmm. it's it's all pretty fresh. Take she a lot more of photos than you do. Get she has, she does. Uh, I'm sleeping a little bit more than more than Alice's. Um, she does have more hair than. If she had been born a boy, she probably would have had a beard when she came out at this point. I mean, she had like so much hair on the top of that head and, and uh, even like these little fuzzy ear things going yeah. on. <laughs> Hopefully she'll lose, if not I'll have an electrolysis bill somewhere in my future. It's a painful uh, procedure, I'm yeah. told. Yeah, yeah but uh, <laughs> I clearly do not know. I have no idea. You've never been exfoliated? Never, so? never been exfoliated. Never been waxed or right? anything? No, I, I used to joke that one time I tried to shave my chest and had to start over by the time I was finished. <laughs> it was like, Duct tape. You yeah, just duck- need duct tape. Ooh, yeah. That'll, that'll um, work, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what room you have that in going on in this house, Mark, but I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I guess, shout out to Althea. Um, I mean, I was going to talk about, like, my wine club going out and, and Vinyl Sunday schedule, but I guess... What? Vinyl Sunday? You have four coming yeah, up? Four yeah, coming yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, first one, May 19th. Mark, um, you would like this.
1: Vinyl Sunday. Vinyl Sunday.
2: It's we like it. It's... it's uh, you know,
4: club member kind of party, although mm-hmm. open to the public, mm. uh, Sunday afternoon. Wait, at, were you just were after. you just kind of softly not inviting him? by that? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's no. Kind no of yeah. For wine I club like members, like <laughs> not, not no, at all. no. That it's because it's not <laughs> anybody can come, but it, it um,
2: you know, especially local members um, who aren't benefiting necessarily from shipping because they're picking up anyway. Uh. Um, you, you have to do something. In, Wine music, barbecue, Wine, music, barbecue, come on. Food, down. Hang out, uh open to the public. It's really like it ends up being kind of a locals thing Sunday afternoon. Totally. Um at the tasting and house. And and casual good times. You're always the tasting time. time. The yeah. tasting house is uh a block south of um uh, the Harvest Moon Cafe. Oh, okay. So down mm-hmm. down the street. That's what, you know,
1: and when I, we I've forget. sauntered out of that place. If you call that sauntering, yes. Well, you saunter. <laughs>
2: were you were, the last time that I saw you there? We couldn't saunter out of there because we got the caught flood? in a monsoon and oh the water came up to the front door. I should have like brought the motor home and stayed. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was or a wild. a boat night. <laughs> in the middle of one of those atmospheric
0: rivers, which we used to just call storms. When I was a kid, and I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a new Maybe term, but I, apoc- I like it when we title a podcast "atmospheric river." So there that's you a cool thing. So. Very nice. Well, it was Edgy. cool
4: to see. You know, I was at Red Grape last week for lunch, and up on the shelf, I see the two of you guys sitting right next to each other. Not yeah, you, you guys go. physically, th- but your bottles. We need a better. We need, I think we need a bigger shelf. Yeah, yeah. I see the bottles. <laughs> and then uh, yesterday, <laughs> it was at uh, bar. I was at Bird in the Bottle yesterday having lunch, and and looked down at the by the glass and. There's a uh, Dane Sellers Moon Mountain Cab nice. pouring on the glass. I thought that was very nice. Nice to members? have friends that make good wine.
3: It's in Santa Rosa. Uh, uh-huh. it's a part of the Stark family uh, restaurant. So they nice. have Stark Steakhouse. They had um, uh, okay. uh, Willie's Wine Bar. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Is Willie's Wine Bar back? It sort of hasn't opened yet. Almost. I think they're waiting a couple weeks. It's, or it's couple very months. close. And Do then they they're actually opening they up a deli as well. Willie's Wine Bar burned down in fire. Yeah. They, the and oh. now they're going in in a different location, Santa Rosa, a place where the Italian affair, if anyone remembers that restaurant, was originally.
4: Hmm. So. And then a deli in the railroad building. Yes. it's going to be downstairs, so it's going to be a beer garden and deli, like as
2: right in well. downtown Santa Rosa, right there.
1: Yeah,
0: Mark, where were you during the fire?
1: Uh, I and was what did it look like Montana. from up Which fire, by the way, the the, the big one um, for Napa was a couple of years ago, right? And so I was in Montana bird hunting at that point and I get a phone call from Kathy. Right. bird said, hunting season is honey, October. Don't freak out, but there's a really big fire coming our way. <laughs> <I> go, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, I so, said, All right, honey, well, here's how it goes. Now, if you ever want to leave me, this is the time. Here's the combination <laughs> of the safe. Get the gold, get the guns, get the cash. Okay. Let me know how it goes. That was that. Never heard back. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I still, we're, still, we're still, don't know where she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, and of course we were. It was only about a mile and a half to to the right here, to the east of us. I'm wondering we what it looked like from up here. Oh, it was apocalyptic. The second one, you know, the um, the last fire from last year was amazing. I mean, it was you couldn't see anything here. It was crazy. You know, ash and soot everywhere. So this is uh, tinderbox. Well. Here's
0: to a better twenty nineteen.
1: It's wet
0: out there. Drought is drought is officially over, they say.
2: Yeah. Whatever that means. Well as long as we keep our you know
1: Well, we're gonna have a lot of grass, which means now we're gonna have a lot of heat. A lot of stuff to burn. uh, Here we go. Oh, well, if it's not this, it's something else. Was it Rosanna Dan used to <laughs> yeah. say? It's always a something.
0: <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's your mother. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. said that, so. All right, Mark. Very good. Thank you so much for having us over. I thank Bring you. Bringing us into your home. Absolutely fabulous. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I have to say that the wine was not... As good as a cheesecake. No, the wine (laughs) wine has been as good as a cheesecake.
1: Well, hopefully it's on that short list of things that don't suck.
0: Absolutely perfect. So, all right, guys, thanks so much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We are the winemakers. See you guys next week.